Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the GeForce Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. So previously, we talked about the difference between road cars and race cars. And even though it's okay to call anything a race car, it's crucial to remember the key differences between how to drive the two of them. At the end of the day, we discussed how it's pretty much essentially impossible to turn a road car into a proper track weapon that's still streetable. Well, about that. That episode of the GeForce podcast was more of a general rule, a guideline for car enthusiasts to follow. And with most rules, there are exceptions. This is the case with the race car road car guideline. So what breaks that rule? The new Lamborghini Huracan STO. Now before we dive into this new version of the Huracan, let's do a quick overview of Lamborghini to better understand where the STO comes from and what it means for Lamborghini and the car world. Lamborghini got its start when a dissatisfied Ferrari owner complained to Enzo back in the 1960s. Enzo, of course, being Enzo Ferrari. When Enzo ignored the complaint, Ferruccio Lamborghini decided to take his experience with manufacturing tractors and start making his own sports car. And ever since 1963, Lamborghini has been a thorn in Ferrari's side. The first Lamborghini to roll off the production line was the front-engined 350 GT. Now, of course, I am talking about the first production road car Lamborghini, not the tractors. They produced tractors for a while before then. Unlike the mad, hyper-flashy Lambos we see in showrooms nowadays, this V12-powered 350 GT was a rather elegant Grand Tour, built to cruise around Italy at speeds that could compete against race cars from the day. From there, Lamborghini kept building front-engine cars as their main sellers, until a group of engineers started to work on a mid-engine masterpiece in their off hours. The Lamborghini Miura what some call the first supercar. The Miura deserves its own in-depth discussion, and so I think I need to talk about it in a later podcast. Anyway, let's move on with the history lesson. After the Miura, Lambo started to embrace the wild and crazy designs, from the legendary Countach to the V12 SUV Brute, the LM002 aka the Rambo Lambo. To close out the 20th century, Lamborghini introduced the V12 Diablo. So while Lamborghini were great at producing cars, they were also pretty good at getting sold off to new owners. In their 58-year-old history, Lambo had been owned by no less than five different owners, not including Ferruccio himself at the beginning. Unfortunately, not many companies can make supercar production a successful business, and that was especially true during the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Funny story, Chrysler actually owned Lamborghini for a bit, 
and as you could guess, they really couldn't get a profit out of it. However, Lamborghini's owner since 1999 has been able to not only make a profit, but have absolutely dominated the supercar world with Lambo through explosive growth. That company? Audi. When Audi took over in 1999, the Lamborghini Diablo production was already in full swing. Several versions have already been produced at that time and released to the market. That didn't stop Audi from setting up a brand new path for Lamborghini, including a revamp of their signature platform. They took the Diablo, increased the power output from the V12, and most importantly, introduced a four-wheel drive system as standard. Even though rear-wheel drive is the go-to standard for most performance cars, including Lamborghini up until then, Audi were adamant about adapting their own Quattro four-wheel drive system for Lamborghini. Although for many purists this was sacrilege, Audi were trying to appeal to a larger audience, and also trying to improve the ease of maximizing the full potential of a Lamborghini for your average driver. Audi also decided to restructure the Lamborghini lineup. Once the Diablo essentially moved on, they introduced another V12 monster, the Murcielago. Keeping the four-wheel drive, the Murcielago was the first brand new model from Audi-owned Lamborghini. However, it wasn't the only new Lambo for the early 2000s. Audi decided the best way to generate revenue was to introduce a more entry-level Lamborghini model, one that was smaller, had a smaller engine, and was cheaper to build. That car? The Lamborghini Gallardo. Although some thought this would dilute the Lamborghini brand, the introduction of the Gallardo arguably saved the company, quickly becoming the best-selling Lamborghini of all time. The V10 engine supercar ended up being quite a capable car, with both on-street and racetrack credentials. Audi kept the lineage going after the Murcielago and the Gallardo, with the V12 Aventador and the V10 Huracan. The Huracan followed the same path the Gallardo said, an entry-level Lamborghini that was a serious performance machine. The Huracan's lightweight platform and dual-clutch transmission actually give it performance edges over the bigger and more powerful Aventador, to the point that Lamborghini uses the Huracan for its track-only machines. The Huracan comes in many flavors, both in road-going form and also the track-focused form. There's the base Huracan and the Performante, obviously the performance-focused one. Those are the road-going machines. And then there's the Super Trofeo, which is the track car. Now though, there's that new STO. STO stands for Super Trofeo Homologato, and it also has a pretty clear name. It's the homologation special version of the track-focused Super Trofeo. This is a pretty direct tie to how Lamborghini developed this car. They essentially started with the racetrack spec car and figured out how to make it street legal. So let's compare the STO with the previous road car benchmark, the Performante. They both have pretty cool names and look pretty sweet because Lambo, yo. Alright, jokes aside and being more serious, 
the Performante keeps the four-wheel drive system that's standard with Audi's influence on the company. The STO, however, uses the rear-wheel drive system from the Super Trofeo, which is not only lighter, but overall better for track performance. Think of four-wheel drive as a butter knife and the rear-wheel drive as a steak knife. The butter knife can cut through a lot of things while being relatively user-friendly, whereas the rear-wheel drive steak knife is overall better in the correct hands for pretty much every knife job. But it can be a disaster in the wrong hands. Bringing it back to cars, going rear-wheel drive means Lamborghini are sacrificing some streetability to make the STO a better performing car for the right set of drivers. Then there's the power difference. 630 horsepower in the Performante, 643 in the STO. It's a slight improvement, but the shift from four-wheel drive to rear-wheel drive means there are less power losses from the engine to the wheels, so it'll feel much more powerful. And to couple this, the STO weighs far less than the Performante, almost 100 pounds less. With weight reduction, Lamborghini have also added suspension and aero changes, helping push the limits of the handling capabilities of the STO. Again, as they started with the track-only Super Trofeo, it only makes sense that the big wing and front splitter, as well as other aero bits, are heavily influenced from the track car. The updated anti-roll bars and dampers help emphasize the track worthiness of the STO while still keeping it compliant enough to use on the street. Lamborghini also improved the brakes, again, just making it more track capable. So, has Lamborghini ruined the Huracan by essentially turning it into a road legal race car? I mean, I talked about how trying to take a road car and strip out weight, add power, and update the brakes will end up ruining the street ability of a car. Previously with the Huracan, my biggest critique was that it just wasn't special enough. That sounds pretty stupid of me to say, but that about especially a Lamborghini. But the truth is, the Huracan was so streetable and sold in such high volumes that non-car enthusiasts started scooping them up to drive around as a fashion statement rather than as the performance benchmark they were. Although a supercar should be flashy to a certain degree, it should really only appeal to car enthusiasts, not to be looked at as a substitute for a G-Wagon or any other fashionable car tote. The STO will be a proper return of the Lamborghini supercar. It'll be produced in lower quantities, so less likely it'll end up in the hands of non-car enthusiasts just trying to show off. It'll also be too track-focused to actually be enjoyed just cruising around at all the expensive shops and malls. Instead, I expect to see road-going STOs heading to the canyons and back roads, tearing up the corners with that fantastic race-inspired suspension, aero, and overall development. By making the Huracan less road-worthy, Lamborghini have made it a much much better Lamborghini.